0: Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast.
1: Here's your host, David Thompson.
2: Hello, I'm David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. And this is the Stein Seedcast, a bi-weekly show where stein growers, agronomists, and other special guests exchange product knowledge, agronomic expertise, and discuss everything that goes into maximizing yield. Throughout the month of March, we're celebrating women in ag and the accomplishments they've made in the ag industry. Joining me as a guest co-host throughout the month is Stein's sales support team lead, Renee Schmidt. Renee's been an employee at Stein for about five years now and been a woman in ag even longer than that. She and her husband, Marty, live on an acreage just outside of Adel, Iowa, They raise livestock, and they raise their four children there. Renee, thanks for joining us as a co-host for this month of March.
0: Thanks for having me, David. On today's episode, we have a special guest, Mackenzie Gettler, FFA advisor at ADM High School in Adele, Iowa. Mackenzie Gettler has been an FFA advisor for more than a decade. Originally from Menlo, Iowa, Mackenzie graduated from Iowa State University in 2010 with a degree in agriculture and life sciences education. Before joining the ADM school district as an FFA advisor, she was a teacher and FFA advisor at Orient Maxburg High School for five years. In her free time, she enjoys showing horses, playing with her dogs, fishing, gardening, being a mom to her two kids, Gage and Hazel, and they're cute, by the way, (laughs) and working around the farm, which she shares with her husband, Brett, south of Casey, Iowa. Thanks for joining us today, Mackenzie.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your background. Sure. So um, like you mentioned, I grew up um, in Menlo, Iowa. I kind of lived on what I would consider to be a hobby farm. I did actually, after graduating from high school, I did actually also attend Kirkwood Community College um, in the area of equine science technology. So in 2005, I graduated from Kirkwood and actually moved to Florida and worked on a horse farm for a few years. Um, While I was down in Florida, I kind of, I worked with a lot of youth down there, um, and so it kind of helped me decide to come back to Iowa State. Um, And yeah, so I graduated from Iowa State. I've been doing the teaching gig for 12 years now, so this is year 12. And like you mentioned, um, my husband and I live on a hobby farm southeast of Casey. Um, So kind of a diverse background, I suppose, um, in agriculture. Have you always wanted to work in the ag industry? Did you think that that's where you would end up? Um, Yeah. Um, It's kind of when I think back on it, um, I always had an interest in animal science, just like every uh, young (laughs) kid does, right? Um, And I wanted to be a vet when I was younger um, until I worked at a vet clinic. And then I decided I did not want to be a vet anymore. Um, But... Um, I've always been interested in agriculture and also working with youth. Um, some of my favorite things were when I was in high school, I got uh, the opportunity to be able to do some job shadowing with some elementary teachers. Um, and I also then also got to work at the vet clinic. So I think I've always kind of liked ag and youth. And and so uh, when I ended up deciding to come back to be a teacher, it just kind of merges stuff together. Who doesn't want to work in agriculture, right? <laughs>
2: So as you were growing up, uh, Mackenzie, what were your influences? You know, we we talk a little bit in these podcasts about mentorship and things like that. Were there people that influenced you as you thought about, you know, agriculture specifically?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think probably the folks uh, that mentored me the most were um, lots of people kind of helped me along in my journey, I suppose. But I would say friends and family. A lot of my friends were um, ag kids. And worked in, on and lived on farms. And so I spent a lot of time with them learning about agriculture in different areas. And then, of course, I would also say my FFA advisor, uh, Dan Wilson, of course, was pretty influential in that too. Um, so I think probably the combination of those people, my friends and family, and of course my ag teacher kind of pushed me in that direction.
0: Okay, so um, you know, you said that. A lot of people had mentored you and, and made a difference in your life. You know, Tell us about your role as an ag advisor, um, ag ed and FFA advisor. How do you make a difference with your students? What's important skill sets you want them to
1: leave your classroom with? Tell us what a day looks like. Oh, my gosh. A day in the high school <laughs> ag room. Yeah. So a day, it, ag teacher is not just being a teacher. Uh, There's so much more to being involved with agriculture and being an FFA advisor. Um, I was kind of thinking this week, as we're in our contest preparations, um, it's kind of contest and app season right now, um, that right now I think I'm, I'm more of like a coach um, and an event planner because we're hosting district convention um, the first week in March. Um, so we are, right now our, our roles change kind of, So in addition to being able to teach and educate students about agriculture, I play a lot of different roles. And I think some of the things that we really want to instill in our students might not be so much the technical stuff um, because they can learn that stuff in college and in training. Um, But more things like teamwork, communication, um, integrity, responsibility, I think those are all things that we really try to focus on. Um, through ag programs and FFA, um, in addition to trying to get our kids as much experience through FFA or SAE projects that we can.
2: You know, where you're at in central Iowa, I mean, obviously we've got a lot of rural area, but you also have, you know, um, a lot of students who probably don't have a lot of on-farm experience. What mm-hmm. what does that look like for your classroom and for the students that are in your ag classes? What kind of composition is there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Adel, obviously it's, it's, there's a lot of agriculture, but our community is growing exponentially. Um, and we have a lot of kids uh, that are not going to go back and farm. Um, but what a big thing about the National FFA organization has tried to do is try to help us explain to kids that even if you're not going to go home and farm, there is a job for you in agriculture. Um, in fact, we always say this all the time, 2% of the people that work in ag are production folks. So who are all the other 98%? Uh, those are all the people that work for Stein or work for a feed company or research and food science. So just because, um, you're not going to farm that, that doesn't mean that you, there's not a place for you down in the ag room.
0: Awesome. So, um, you know, we've said that you can be, you know, in business, you can be in law, education, research, you know, grain merchandiser, an agronomist, horticulture, mm-hmm. um, so many different facets. Mm-hmm. How do you introduce that to your students um, and, and show them that they can be involved? How do you go about that?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with um, trying to match student interests with career opportunities in ag. Um, Right now I have a lot of students that are in my intro class that are maybe interested more in like the natural resources aspect of agriculture. So what we try really hard to do is kind of match their interest and have them do a career research, job shadowing, Get them hooked up with a work experience SAE project in that area, um, where we can try to maximize their interests and try to help them as they continue to pursue that potential career path. Yeah, so we drive it home a lot. Um, we talk a lot from the very beginning that hey, there are so many career opportunities in agriculture um, that we can find a spot for everybody.
2: So what do you what do you learn from the students that come through your classroom?
1: All sorts of stuff. <laughs> You probably learned about some of their parents, right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, the wisdom of their parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all sorts of things. Um, did you say from students? or? Yeah,
2: what do you learn from your students?
1: Oh, well, all sorts of things, like how to make a great TikTok. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's one thing. No. Um, they They show us all sorts of things, whether it might be new technologies that they're learning about, but it could also be you know they they do a great job at showing us teamwork and communication and how they overcome obstacles etc so i i learn things from kids all the time it's kind of hard to think of a specific example but um there's just lots of things that they um teach us um patience (laughs) um (laughs) also and um you know how to be better teachers and how to be better cheerleaders and advocates for them. I think over the 12 years, I've I've just learned a lot. Again, kind of back to the fact that um, our high school ag programs are maybe not so much technical anymore, but more about trying to help them along in their um, post-secondary explorations. So just trying to piece those interests and career opportunities with them and get them experience in something. Um, I'll use welding as an example. Sometimes we have girls that don't think that they can do welding, right? And uh, which actually, if if we can get them to overcome that apprehension of starting the welder and, and trying to re- lay down a bead, um, they can be such great welders. And they can be so successful in that area. And so it's just that uh, well, why, why, why is that just for boys? You know what I mean. Why can't you uh, get into um, ACT systems technology? Why can't you try some of those mechanical areas? You know what I mean. Why does it have to just be for boys? And so I think it's just again, if they have an interest in that area, it's more of cheerleading and coaching, and you can try it. Let's let's get you some experience and let's get you going down the right path. Would you say on the side that you're a pretty good welding teacher? <laughs> Um, I actually right now I'm not teaching welding. Oh, okay. Um, we do, <laughs> we do do that do our, through our industrial tech department at ADM high school. Um, but I love welding, um, stick welding. Um, I, I always kind of laugh. I share this story the first time at Orient Maxburg cause I did teach it down there, um, that I fired up an oxyacetylene torch, like all the boys like hid behind the tractor. Um, cause they <laughs> thought that I was gonna, you know, blow something up, um, but um, it's fun, and I, I, I actually enjoy that area of um, trying to teach students some of those kind of basic skills. Um, but we have some students that do also welding at DMAC up at Perry Van Kirk Academy and are very successful through that program, too. So I don't get to teach it right now, um, but it's definitely something that I enjoy.
2: Can you teach me how to weld?
1: Uh, yeah, sure can. <laughs> sure can. <laughs> I'm going to teach you on a cracker with some cheese first, oh. and then we're going to go at it. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah.
2: Um, so, Mackenzie, you've had a lot. You've had, you know, enough time. I think you've had students out in getting out into the industry. Are the things you look back on that you say, you know, that's something that was instilled through our classes for people who are out in the out in the working world?
1: Yeah, I think one thing. Um, through ag ed and FFA that I think all of our students have just grown tremendously and are in those areas of, like, they are just tremendous leaders. We have so many students that have gone on to take on leadership roles in college and in their communities, and it's just kind of exciting to see um, the steps that they've taken to be involved in, a, in leadership and where they're at now. Um, same thing with public speaking. Um, That's one thing that I just, from the time that they are freshmen to even when they graduate high school, it's just amazing to see their progression and their confidence um, in being able to be a speaker in front of other people. Um, And that's translated into them, again, in those leadership roles out in their communities. Um, Also with FFA, we're always really proud of the fact that we teach kids parliamentary procedure so then when they go accept these leadership roles that they know how to run meetings and um, you know, be efficient in and, and things. So those are just a few examples of things collectively that it's really exciting to see our students being able to do and and do well.
0: A really neat um, story from one or two years ago was I um, I like to come in and, and do some judging, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, before contests. And I remember um, doing some coaching on the side and, those those freshmen are just so scared and they're shaking and they're uh, for a conduct and meetings team, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and who's going to talk? And you can just tell they are so nervous. And then you watch the sophomores mm-hmm. who were just in their shoes last year. Oh, wow. And they are confident and they're giving them feedback and mm-hmm. they are so excited for them. Mm-hmm. And when you think, wow, that was just a year ago, look where those kids have grown, mm-hmm. um, you just make such an impact. Um, and that growth is just a year. Mm-hmm. You can just see how they grow by leaps and bounds. And that's super exciting mm-hmm. to watch their confidence
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, increase so much.
1: Yeah, 100%. I just had a one of my upperclassmen that was giving the conduct team some feedback a little while ago. And I was like, I am very impressed. You are giving them amazing, amazing feedback. You know what I mean? And so um, props to that student for being able to have the confidence to do that. So... Yeah, they do great. Those freshmen, they get they get so good. Yeah. That's fun to watch. Yep, they're awesome.
0: So being a woman in ag, you are walking the walk every day. How do you reach a positive work balance? You've got kids. You've got family. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's tough. Um, but I think that's one thing about the ag community is that we kind of understand sacrifice. Um, and we understand that sometimes we have things that we have to do for work and we put so much of our heart and soul into it I think in the ag community and that kind of translate to translate to my job too so my family understands that I do spend a lot of time at school but the one thing I want to say about that is um, the other teachers will always be like man you spend so much time at school and I wouldn't do that if I didn't really truly believe in those kids that I have. And I know that's really cheesy to say, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I have just great kids. And that makes the time that we spend at school worth it. You know what I mean? Especially kids that are just very hardworking that want to put the effort into. Um, But anyways, one thing I was going to say about that work-life balance is that I make sure to make that when I go home, I am present with my kids. I don't take work home. If that means that I maybe have to stay an extra hour after school to finish grading, et cetera, once I go home, I leave it. I leave it at work. You know what I mean? And I spend the time with my kids and maximize my time there. And then when we're ready to reset at school, I'm going a 1,000 miles a minute to to get home as quickly as I can. So um, it's hard, though. Of course, we put in a lot of time, but we enjoy doing it.
0: I think that's the passion behind um, so many things in the ag industry. You know, something I think about is the long hours, the hard work, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, staying till the job's done. Mm -hmm. But that's how we're raised, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that work ethic Mm -hmm. that you hope goes on to the next generation also. And gosh, you play a daily impact in that, and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. It is exciting. I have the best job. You guys
1: probably say that too, but (laughs) I have a pretty cool job. I love being an ag teacher.
2: Listeners to our podcast, what would you like them to know about the work you do, both as an ag instructor, as an FFA advisor?
1: Okay, I want them to know just what a positive impact FFA and ag ed has on students and um, to make sure that you support those programs in your local communities because the students that we turn out of our ag classrooms are amazing. Um, They are great communicators. They are confident. uh, They know how to speak and interact with other people very well. Um, So they're uh, awesome programs, and um, I just want them to know how much hard work and effort uh, comes into those and make sure that they support them.
2: Okay, so follow-up. So what can business owners, Mm -hmm. parents, Mm -hmm. community people do Mm -hmm. to help keep that momentum?
1: Yeah, all sorts of things, whether it be, um, you know, advocating for your programs, like maybe through your school board um, or with your school board to make sure that they continue to support those programs. Um, same thing with possibly your legislators and making sure that they're su- supporting your programs as well. Um, a lot of local chapters will also have an alumni and supporters group, uh, which doesn't mean that you have to have been previously in FFA, but any it's anyone that's going to help support the chapter at a local level, whether that be on an advisory committee, uh, whether that be like Renee who will sometimes help uh, train or give feedback to contest teams. Um, My alumni and supporters will help um, chaperoning different events from time to time. Um, So that's one way if your local chapter has an alumni and supporters group, uh, that's one nice way to do that too. So those are just a few ideas of ways that you can get involved. Also too, there are always opportunities for uh, judging at different events. So with the FFA, we have leadership and skills contests where you can uh, participate as a judge in all sorts of different contests, um, such as public speaking or ag issues, what else, ag impact. So job interview, we've got all sorts of contests. This is contest season for us, so getting involved in that capacity as a judge as well. Just a few ideas.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any funny stories or (laughs) any moments you learned something over the the years you weren't expecting?
1: Funny stories? Oh my gosh! Um, (laughs) um, Students are hilarious. Just a couple things. I remember one time we were at National. Learn to make sure that you do not lock your keys in your suburban. When you are in the middle of nowhere in Versailles, Kentucky at a tobacco farm uh, with no ab- ability to be able to unlock the school suburban with a whole bunch of students. Um, same thing uh, with keeping track of cameras that may or may get not get lost at certain places where you have to wait at the police station to get your... FFA camera back in Indianapolis because it got left on accident in a park. Um, So just some fun stories like that. But again, the kids just uh, make all sorts of memories for us. Those are just a few that come to mind. And we are very grateful as parents for all that you put up with
0: with our kids. Oh, yeah. (laughs) For those tuned in, we've been listening to Mackenzie Gettler who has generously shared her experiences with us on what it's like teaching the next generation of women and students in ag. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mackenzie.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Mackenzie. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll talk to Jennifer Marion, another FFA instructor from the Woodward Granger Community High School. To never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. We'll talk to you next time. And until then, remember, Stein has yield.
1: Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com.